one of the all-time favorite shows. Hello and welcome to episode 77 of Because You're Home. Um, this week we are looking at horror movies with an Easter or religious theme. Um, it's something we looked at last year, but um, there's many, many religious themed movies. And you yes. never find Easter themed movies. In, uh, more on that later on. Yeah. Um, which seemed to be a bit of a chore in itself, really. It has its own story. Yeah, yeah. Um, when I was looking at uh, this kind of theme, I suppose the thing is, like, you have your very obvious kind of religious um, horror movies. And originally we were going to look at kind of um, religious horror movies in different um, kind of different countries and maybe different yeah. cultures. And then um, I kind of said no to that only because I didn't think I'd have time. Yeah, <laughs> I think it's a really good idea. It's a mixed bag of an episode, but we've managed to pull this together quite nicely. We'll pull it together. We will, we will, like, we'll get there. Um, there is actually one that I really want to watch. It's a Korean movie and it's about an exorcism. And um, he, an, ex, an exorcist in a family, and he has to like expel a demon from one of his family members. So I really want to watch that. I started to watch it today and then realized I actually needed to give it, it the full attention that it needed. I ah. like, wouldn't really go ahead with it. Um, but yeah, so within my research, I found a thesis. <laughs> nice. Which is the devil in the American horror film. Um, a study on the interfacing of religion, myth, and film by Lucas Eric Harold Bergson of Whitman College 2020. So thanks very much. That is um, an awesome thesis topic. Yeah, I know. That's what I was thinking. It's pretty amazing. Now, this guy is writing it um, as a theology student, a religion student. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, on... I imagine I like you'd be surprised to know that I didn't read the 45 pages that this is. Um, but I did read some of them. Yeah. Um, but it's amazing, like I imagine they're kind of probably more towards the side of, you know, religion okay. is better than horror. Maybe yeah. they kind of open it up and they're like, um, for some reason. Some people like to scare themselves. And Maybe there's seems, more than one reason. Yeah. And then it was like, um, the devil seems to be like one of the main topics within horror. And I was like, if you're looking at one genre, yeah, 100%. You're definitely here. But if you're looking at horror as a whole, actually, it's kind of like a small subgenre within horror. Um, but some interesting things that kind of were put into the thesis, which is always good, um, was that there was, so Herbert Mills wrote, now, I don't know who this person is, but uh, movies are origins of the devils, the idol of sinners, the sink of, uh, the sink of infamy, infamy, yeah, infamy, 
I was like, oh, I didn't see that <laughs> word before. The stumbling block to human progress, the moral cancer of civilization and the number one enemy of Jesus Christ. You best believe when I read that quote, I was like, this is going in our episode. The number one enemy to Jesus Christ. <laughs> Discuss. <laughs> <laughs> I said also, bollocks. it's mad but there is also another uh, a minister in south uh in, in the south i don't know where it is but in new britain herbert a jump so he basically kind of looked at it as a different way so the way in certain like this is all kind of based within the uh, catholic religion or sorry christian religion so the devil actually wouldn't be like believed in all in all christian religions so like in the church that we would have been brought up in um it would have been very much the devil was real and Mm. the devil was very much to be feared and the devil was very much real and there um but in other kind of religions and it mentions that in like the protestant religion it's more that the devil is a bit of an aesop's fable so it's there to kind of tell you of these bad things and these like you know if you were to do this this is the thing that can go wrong so kind of a moral compass so that these movies kind of serve as the story to go oh my god have a look at this it's terrifying and it's so scary that you know that these people are going to be walking out going I'm never going to use a Ouija board and I'm never going to like look in a mirror calling bloody mary three times or do any of those things that may call on the devil himself so in 1934 the league of decency was formed amidst the catholic concern over the ambiguous moral messages of film i bet they all wore pearl necklaces so that they could touch their pearls in shock like absolute in shock and the mad thing is, until the 1960s, the League of Decency actually had quite a power on the production of films. And um, in New York, they would kind of be like, yeah, it's not going to get the Catholic pound. Like, you know, I know that's not the phrase they use, it's dollars, whatever, but they're not going to get Catholic people buying these movie tickets. So you're going to have this huge amount of people who aren't going to come to your films. Um, so it had a lot of say on the production of films and what was going to be produced and a part of me was like oh my god that is crazy scandalous and then I was like you grew up in Catholic Ireland mm-hmm. like the church like if you think about it, when we were probably kids you went to films that were banned before we you know like we got to see them now but they just weren't so widespread like crazy like books films, mm. like contraception oh yeah everything the catholic church made us believe that if you took the morning after pill three times in a row you would be infertile and that's a load of bollocks amongst other things <laughs> it's like the icing like the tip of the fucking iceberg oh, yeah. um, but pope pius the sixth kind of weighed in on this which um i thought was interesting in 1936 the pope wrote a letter Everyone knows what damage is done to the soul by bad motion pictures. 
They are occasions of sin. They seduce young people along the ways of evil by glorifying the passions. They show life under false light. They cloud ideals. They destroy pure love, respect for marriage and affection for the family. Now, I feel if we change that slightly, Emer, mm-hmm. just change it up a little bit and said, everyone knows what the what damage is done to the soul by the Catholic Church. Yeah. <laughs> they are occasions of sin. They seduce young people along the ways of evil by glorifying the passions. Um, so I feel... Passion of the Christ, anyone? Passion. <laughs> One of the movies I can't watch because of my, my dear mama. I just won't. It's like gorier than any other. That was when I was looking up Easter Hard. They were like, oh, yeah. you know, it was it was written in my notes. And I was like, mention this because it's a fucking gore fest. Yeah, it's supposed to be like really, really bad. Like my mom was like, please don't watch it. It's it's particularly bad. Yeah, there's a scene where it's like he's been whipped so bad as he's getting like flayed. Yeah, like it's it's not great. No, it's not great. No. So there has been this long history of uh, possession and demons within um, horror movies. And I know, Emer, you have kind of looked at the origins. Am I right in saying that? I, I did. I looked into a little bit of um, where Satan first came about in literature, like obviously in the Bible. It wasn't the Christian Bible he first came in. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So... Um, it was in the, now I'm probably going to butcher this, the Zoroastrian, um, it was the devil figure of Angra Manu or Ahraman, uh, which opposed the Zoroastrian creator god and tempted humans. Uh, Satan's later portrayed in Jewish Kabbalism, which presents him as a demon who lives in, demo- in the demonic realm. The name Satan first appeared in the book of Numbers in the Bible, used it as, as a term to describe uh, defiance. The character Satan is featured in the Book of Job as an appearing angel. In the apocryphal Book of Enoch, written in the first century BC, Satan is a member of the Watchers, a group of fallen angels. Not like the Marvel Watchers. Um, (laughs) You know, I mean, similar, but not really. Same thing, but very different. And just like a film where you need to have your antagonist and protagonist, Satan later establishes the nemesis of Jesus Christ. In the New Testament, the final book of the Bible, Revelations, which depicts him as the ultimate evil. Um, it's the Christian figure of Satan that Satanism directly references. Um, so, like, he's had a weird history of how people have taken him on. Yeah. In, um, in the 14th century poem, uh, The Inferno by Dante, um, he captures centuries of Christian belief by portraying Satan as an evil monster. But the romantics of the 17th century recast him as an admirable and magnetic rebel, an anti-hero defying God's authoritarianism. This probably would have been in or around the time where you have in Germany the, now I could be so lucky, you know what, this is actually after the Protestantism began and then you had the Reformation, so it's after this. So mm-hmm. you you people probably like turning their back on Catholic Christian you still have protestantism so maybe with that you have people like going no you know maybe the devil wasn't so bad so in john milton's epic 1667 poem paradise lost uh, is the pivotal text for establishing this interpretation in creative works william godwin's 1793 treatise an inquiry concerning political justice later gave milton's depiction political legitimacy that's a long sentence that's a long sentence 
y'all, I didn't make this up myself. I got a lot of this from history.com. Really good page for it. And it's not the first time. I think I used history.com when I was getting stuff on werewolves way back when. So um, weird weird channel now where it probably just shows ancient aliens and weird UFO stuff and ice road truckers. But as a website, still gives you historical documents. Love it. I lost faith on that as a TV show a long time ago. So the most enduring satanic symbol was created by uh, occult author Eliphaz Levi. Levi, I don't know. There's a comma there, so not a comma. um, ah, Dash name, father in Irish. There we go. Uh, Levi describes him as the horn goat deity Baphomet in his 1854 book. Dirogme et ritual. <laughs> I have really pissed off someone with their language, which linked Baphomet with Satan. Probably a French mis- or misinterpretation of Muhammad, the name Baphomet was the deity of the Knights Templar who were accused of worshipping um, Baphomet in trials of the 14th century. So that could be where we get Baphomet from for all you followers of the Church of Satan who like Baphomet could have been from Muhammad. You never know. There you go. So the last half of the 19th century saw a resurgence in the view of Satan as the anti-hero again. This is thanks to the works of Italian poet um, Giosue Carducci's anti-papal hymn to Satan and William Blake's illustration for Paradise Lost in 1888. In his own book, The Marriage of Heaven and Hell, Blake presented Satan as a messiah. Around the same time, Theosophical Society founder Madame Blavatsky wrote about Satan as a commendable insurgent offering humans wisdom. Artists in the decadent movement, like Felician Ropes, placed satanic imagery in paintings influenced by writers like Baudelaire and Poe. Satan was also employed in writings from socialist leaders like Mikhail Bakunin and Karl Marx. Marx. Um, I'm, I don't mean to like plug another podcast but i'm a huge fan of last podcast on the left and they, are, we totally can plug out the podcast 100%. they have a really cool like history of i'm going to talk about alistair crowley now they talk about him there's like a huge it goes off for a couple of episodes they talk about the church of satan and stuff because one of the guys henry um henry zabrowski is a follower of the church of satan and then it taught me a lot. It's not like, oh, it's devil worshiping. Do you know what I mean? It's basically the religion of don't be a dick and don't be, Grace, you'll get this. And anyone who's Irish will get this. Some really religious people can be smug about their religiousness, Mm -hmm. that they're so good that they're not going to go to hell. It's like they're totally pious. Is that the correct use of that term? Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and that they're going to have a better afterlife than you because they're so good and so religious, but they might not be good people at all. But with the Church of Satan, they're basically like, they have like their version of commandments as well. And it's basically, don't be a dick. Yeah, I like that. They literally say, don't be a dick. It's nothing to do with getting special points to go to heaven. It's just like, be nice, be kind, you know, give to charity, help out your fellow person, you know, kind of treat those like you want to be. It's kind of like religion, but without the sheen of it's all for brownie points yes um, but anyway um there's a lot that they discuss about they even do satanic panic which i was could have gone into with that because it was fucking insane but they 
they do have some great um, podcast episodes. So if anyone is interested in, because I know I'm veering off Satan and the Church of Satan, but if anyone is interested in stuff like that, you know, so it's the last podcast on the left, but totally veer back to us because we're amazing. Um, so I said I'd talk about Alistair Crowley. I'm briefly going to talk about him. So he is a legendary occultist. Um, he viewed Satan symbolically. His 1913 poem, A Hymn to Lucifer, celebrated the devil as a provider of soul and rebellion to the universe. Crowley's ideas were influential in Satanism. One offshoot from Crowley's crowd was the German group Fraternitas Saturni in 1926. Its founder, Gregor A. Gregorius, wrote Satanish Magie, which borrowed heavily from the Romantics and adopted Satan within the group's astrological system. Fraternitas Saturni still exists, and Gregorius's writing has been used in the Satanist practice. And I feel I'd be remiss if I don't mention Anton LeVay. Mm-hmm. Sometime between 1957 and 1960, Anton LeVay, a former carnival worker and musician, held night classes in the occult. I would actually love to have sat in on those. And I could just not accounting 101. <laughs> Very sorry. My bad. I just need to, sorry, I just need to go by. Oh, oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Oh, drop my calculator. Oh, Jesus. Um, can I get out of here? Mortal. Um, regular attendees eventually formed these sessions were mostly discussion-based, but on April 30th, 1966, the group formalized as the Church of Satan, and the meetings became more ritual-based, incorporating theatrics, costuming, and music, and LeVay became known as the Black Pope. This was harmless, it was just for show, but no, people did not, um, yeah, yeah, people did not see like take to it well, especially when the church's early recruiting ep- uh, efforts, including the short-lived Hopeless Witches Revenue nightclub show, featured Susan Atkins, who would later join the Manson family. Bad PR for the Church of Satan. Not the greatest PR. Yeah. And then finally, I will talk briefly on the Satanic Bible. So LaVey's Satanic Bible was published in 1969. Some more love people, um, bringing together LeVay's personal mix of black magic and occult concepts, secular philosophy and rationalism, and anti Christian ridicule into essays, stressing human autonomy and self determination in the face of an indifferent universe. So it's kind of like you put yourself first, but not, not to suffer, not so other people would suffer, but you, you are meant to focus on yourself and better yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, so the Satanic Bible gave the church a national reputation and served as a strong vehicle for significant growth. So, as I said, there's so much more they could talk about. Like there was a schism in the Church of Satan, like with all religions. Yes. And then obviously there was just the absolute cuckoo bananas time in America and in England where it was the think of the children uh, with the whole Satanic panic, which then you have the West Memphis Three ending up in prison for something that they did not do. Yeah. So that was an interesting side topic of devils um, that I came across when I was looking that up. It's really interesting. It's amazing like how much you can actually, like how much there is and oh. how different there is. And like when... And how much, like, I suppose, little understanding there is. Like, you just think of, like, the Church of Satanism. You're like, oh, they're killing, like, kids. <laughs> like, yeah. habits and shit. And it's actually oh, yeah. just like, don't be a dick. 
because you see it's i suppose when it's the when it's the church centered around what we've all been grown you know raised to think is the most evil person and entity in the world above and below yeah and that's when people choose to follow this well you'd often think that they've given up on humanity whereas more it's just like going it's kind of akin to the church. You can see where they've had their influences, but they're they're turning their back, I'd say, on the building blocks of the church, but they want to keep the core of just being a good person. But because it's not how they say it, then it has to be wrong. Yeah. And it's amazing. That's one thing, like, it's funny. I sound like I'm totally bashing, like, any faith or religion or anything, which is, like, totally 100%. Well, yeah and it's more so like I would have had such like faith and like blind faith at times and it's more that I 100% believe in something it's just that I can't support an institution that has done so much wrong within our country the church is not being kind to the Irish no not at all now it's like it's not been kind to so many people but like the history in Ireland is just like it's horrific like it's a horror in itself like it's just yeah it's worse than anything you could put in a horror movie it's like. worse yeah and it's worse than like I mean there was a horror movie based around like Magdalene Laundries and I was like why bother any of like a, a, a retelling of the stories of Magdalene Laundry to me is a horror story whereas a yeah. woman has to like give up the rest of her life and her child for one I'm not going to say mistake. It's it's a very harsh way of saying that. It. It's a very one way of looking at it. But I suppose uh, like that's that's the way it would have been portrayed. Do you know what I mean? And it's mad. And it's like this whole thing of like it was a hundred percent the woman's fault. Yeah. Um. It was only women who were in those homes. And your baby gets sold off to like America or wherever. Mm, and it was like so like they just didn't that education piece wasn't there either like my mom telling me the girl in her school had become pregnant and they were honestly told it was because she went swimming in a warm pool after boys and they fully believed it and I was like I can totally understand why you would because that was the education they were given well like I suppose when we were kids and we were in second and primary school and you're getting your sex education when you're like 11 or 12 and it's just like a cartoon and it's pretty much like nobody asked a question no one asked no follow-up and I don't know about you but I know I did not come home and ask any questions I was like ah, I, I'll figure this out as I go along I didn't even know that it was something to figure out like that's how bananas it was you weren't encouraged to discuss it no you weren't at all and even in terms of like our own like health as women like yeah I've I've learned more as an adult and I'm like embarrassed to like turn around and go oh yeah no I had no idea about my own inner workings of my body and um like that actually to say in the words of like (laughs) what is it mean girls when they're like don't have sex because you will get pregnant and you will die like I presumed you would get pregnant every single month day of the month that's not true that's that's not true like and it's so crazy that we were just told that this was the worst thing that could possibly happen to you and it would happen even if you thought of it yeah 
Yeah. Um, I knew a girl when we were in class and we were in secondary school and she thought if she went, if she gave a blowjob and if she swallowed, she'd become pregnant. Yeah. And the teacher had to, God love that teacher, had to explain the difference <laughs> of swallowing versus um, having sex. And I was like, that teacher earned a gold star that day. Yeah. So it's mad. Yeah. Yeah. But just to, to kind of, I suppose, round up with our look of, of religion and horror. Um, like, as we said, like, as I said, there's there's horror movies based around, like even the Magnolia's, like there's there's religion and horror, like exorcist, omen, they're there hand in hoof um, with horror um, because it's just like a large chunk of global population is actually religious or at least familiar with the basic concepts of like, you know, demons, devils and then Stuff like that so um like kind of filmmakers and directors can connect with the audience and allow them to rely on common concepts without needing to like go into detail or for the shite out people so it's just really devil bad you know there was what was a one of the things so actually one of my favorite animes ever is on netflix called castlevania which is based off of a computer game but that's basically like it's Dracula's wife gets killed and she was human and he's all like fuck all y'all I'm going to send demons who's going to kill everybody a year from now because you all let her burn she was um he had time traveled so he had taught her how to help people and so she had medicine to help people and they called her a witch and burned her at the stake and she was like don't kill me he's going to find out about this and kill all you people like she was still trying to save him but the church were assholes in it and again it's like man was worse than the demons who had come to kill them yes um but like there were yeah what was it um so the the hard acts that were done by the demons it was very hard to tell the difference between that and what the church had been doing to people but um so in many um movies and horror stories actions by the clergy set demons and devils in motion even if faith isn't at fault religious zealots may make things worse not better like think of the mist and silent hill Ooh, where it's the mist. The mist. Yeah. Like that is uh, just when you get a lot of people together and you get them scared, and some person will be like, I know a bit about the Bible, or here's my interpretation, and I'm going to speak the latest, and you're all going to follow me. Like, she's terrifying. Yeah. And that's what I said. Like, I mean, the thing about horror movies, it, like, I could watch slasher films I could watch paranormal films and they don't really scare me I tell you it's it's even like I remember even like watching The Walking Dead with like a certain level of I couldn't watch it because it's people turning on each other and forming mobs and gangs and all that sort of stuff it's, it gets me an anxiety sized lump in my stomach but I think one of the most anxiety inducing films I watched in the last like five six years was Mother because yeah. of how it goes in the final third of it builds up with people being dickheads to her in the house and now that I have a house I'm like I'd have fucking kicked them if I wasn't like eight or nine months pregnant like she was in the film I'd have fucking booted them out of the house um mm. but yeah like that film really got me because it's people it's just when they don't listen and and then they turn against you that's like a giant fear of mine yes but um, what demonic films did you look up for this topic? Okay, so I looked at two. Um, the first one I looked at and uh, Warrington Random was like, is that even a horror movie? And I was like, how dare you? 
Um, so it's 2011, The Right, uh, with Colm O'Donoghue and... Um, My boy, Anto. Yeah, I was like, why? I can't remember his name. Um, yeah, so um, I went for this movie, one, because um, Colin is from Drada and um, mm-hmm. we I, don't get to say that that much or at yeah, all I think that's pretty cool and also um I when I was looking it up on IMDb I was like oh Kieran Hines is in this well and he's Irish I was like cool um so this is basically based on um this young guy he is the he's the son of a undertaker and he lives in like a funeral director's home and um, he uh, works with the dead and he has like he's it's quite normal like do you know and I, <laughs> I see that like kind of like I'm really sorry anybody who's going into the clergy I don't mean to be like he's a weirdo <laughs> but he's just like <laughs> don't have to do it as like suicide to follow God yeah he's just a normal guy and he's telling his friend he's like oh I'm going to seminary school and the friend's like what and he's like look you either my house become an undertaker or like a priest and your man's like so you chose the latter like why so he goes off to seminary school which is very difficult for me to say for some reason and um he he does really good in his classes um so he gets like top marks and certain stuff but he just didn't get top marks in his theology and uh they like his kind of lecturer like mm. <laughs> teacher priest is <laughs> like it's really weird because pretty much everything teacher priest <laughs> and he's like it, like the work you did was right but then you just kind of let it go and he's like oh end of year you know stress blah 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 um and he he kind of decides he wants to leave the church he's like look this isn't for me he's written a letter he's saying he wants to leave the church um his teacher priest follows him one evening not in a creepy way he's just kind of like hey young priest let's, <laughs> let's have a chat and uh, he keeps walking across the road and the teacher priest falls and like it it knocks this weird like thing of a, a chain of events so he falls off the patio hurt like at the sidewalk hurts his um leg he falls into this cyclist who like goes into a car who's then like mangled on the floor and the young priest comes back and she's like, Father, give me my last rites. And he's all like, I'm not a priest yet. But then he's like, I will give the last rites. So he does. It's all very nice. It's all she goes off to heaven, knowing that she's had the last rites and stuff. And teacher priest is like, look, I don't know many other priests who would have been able to handle that. And like priests within like, within this like calling for so long and he's kind of like yeah it's still not for me it's just like no anyone would have done that for somebody and then he says demonic possessions are becoming something that is very regular so um the church now wants an, an exorcist in each diocese 
by 20 diggity two. Okay. Um, so I'm going to send you on this um, course in Rome for two months and you're going to learn about expelling demons and becoming an exorcist. Um, so he goes to this place, there's like this other teacher priest who's all like, oh, you think you're a cool young priest coming in here late? And he's all like, yeah, I don't really care. Um, there's a load of people there. There's like, there's like other young priests, deacons, there's nuns, there's randomly <laughs> a journalist who has been allowed to go on this course. Um, and then the kind of this new teacher priest is a bit like, oh, he this guy thinks he's too cool for school, but my friend really believes in him. So he sends him on to meet this other priest, like this exorcist who's kind of like the big deal. And it's Anthony Hopkins. So Anthony Hopkins is treating a very young, pregnant, possessed girl. Okay. And young priest is like, like, have you brought her to a psychiatrist like what's the crack and the thing is with the right within the catholic church you have to have like done everything okay. before an exorcism so you have to have gone to every doctor possible to basically say that this isn't any form of mental illness or it isn't any psychosis or anything like that so they have to be able to say there is no plausible medical reason for this to be happening other well, than that's good and you see that they've tried all the logical ways first yes yeah so he's kind of like you know where is where is her dad and your man's like uh yeah he's he's gone and he's like um do we think possibly the dad might be the dad Oh no! And that actually, she's just like really suppressing the fact that she's carrying her father's child. And your man's like, "No, of course I don't." And like, that's ridiculous. And then he's like, "Is she on any antidepressants?" And he's like, "No, she's pregnant. She can't take them." And he's like, "Oh man, I just don't believe she's possessed." And he's like, "Well, she is." So they go on house calls as well and they go to this house call <laughs> and there's a mom and a wee boy there and he has like like somebody's been lashing him on his back and a big like demonic bite on his tummy oh. and um Anthony Hopkins is like shouting at her in Italian and he's like you're beating your boy <laughs> <laughs> and she's like I'm not and he's like oh okay fair enough and then he rips open his pillow. He pulls out a frog and he's like, El Diablo, El Diablo, it's the devil, it's the devil. And young priest is like, why would you have done that? Like you put the frog in there. And he was like, yeah, but now they think that the devil's gone. Like, so, and he was like, you'd rather than believe something that wasn't true. And he was like, well, yeah, if it gets them to sleep at night. And I was kind of like, I've got to, I've got to agree with Anthony here. Mm. You know, if they think the devil's gone now, fair enough. So then 
the young girl like there is like a proper kind of moment of possession so young priest starts to believe it he's like jesus how does she know all this you know apparently the first sign the easiest way to prove it like a demonic possession is them being able to tell you something that is unknown or unseen so your man has something in his bag and he's like what's in the bag and she's like i don't know and he's like what's in the bag and she's like I don't know and he says again and she's like okay a dollar bill and I'm like I feel the devil would be cleverer than that (laughs) and just not kind of like three times a charm all right okay yeah it's a dollar I go no you got me I'm a demon um yeah so comes to light that um she is definitely possessed and um she is also carrying the child of her father which is also yeah yeah, very very sad like did the Um, devil just possess her body after she was abused or they 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 put it in a very disturbing way that the devil entered well the demon entered the um her body with the seed of her father Oh God! Yeah, yeah. Um. So this young girl tries to take her own life, and then um, through during an exorcism, like the the umpteenth exorcism that they're trying to um do, she loses her life. So um, the, it like Anthony Hopkins is like really really upset by this and uh, so is the young priest and the side character of the journalist she's all like oh my god you have to be telling me what's happening and he's like no way blase that's not happening I'm not telling on the church and then he rings her and he's like look I'll give you the story no names whatsoever but you know get the story out there it definitely is true she's doing this because she had she has a brother who's in an institution and her parents put him there and um, it was because he was hearing things and he said it was the devil and that the devil was telling him things that were going to happen. And she says it was very difficult because at times they did happen. Um, so it was kind of like, you know, is it actually the devil? Mm. Um, so then, you know, as these movies go, the exorcist becomes the possessed. Poor Anthony. But of course. Possessed. There is a fantastic scene where he is in this like magnificent garden. This like beautiful little like, Italian child walks up to him. She's about like four and she's like, El Papa. And he's like, Oh, my child. And he backhands her with such force that she falls to the ground. And the sound of the slap is just phenomenal. And then he walks away and he's got his robe on, which is kind of open at the end. Um, Not like showing that he is like indecent or anything, but like showing off his legs. And he had no shoes on. He puts the shoes on. Like there's other people there, Emer. And it isn't until he walks by the other people that they're kind of like, maybe we should go and see if the child's okay. <laughs> the young priest realizes that something's going on. The mad thing is, and the one thing, like, it's funny, I was about to say would date it, but actually, if you didn't know, if you didn't live through it or you didn't remember it, like, you wouldn't think that this was real at all. 
so there's a um there's a bulletin on the tv um what's weirder is it's an irish presenter and she has a proper irish accent and then she says like iceland or something and i'm like where did that come from but she's giving um a report on um the fact that a volcano has erupted in iceland so um all uh. the flights are now uh, disrupted um and young priest's dad is dying he's had a massive stroke and he is dying so he can't get home but he rings home and he's like hi dad and the dad is like look i'm really scared they're hurting me where are you and he's like i'm still here but i'm on my way i'm gonna get there and he's like where am i it's all very sad. And then somebody gets on the phone and is like, look, we have some really bad news. I'm really sorry. Your father passed away. And he was like, no, I was literally just talking to him. And they're like, he, he was pronounced dead six hours ago. Oh. And you're like, Wah. then he decides to go to Anthony Hopkins' house because he's like, there's some serious shit going down. He talks to Anthony. And he's like, I did something really bad. Now, he doesn't say I slapped a kid across the face, but, uh-huh. you know. Um, and he also brings the journalists. So he leaves the journalists outside the door and he's like, no, 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 you can't come in yet. And she's listening outside the door. Now, funnily enough, the director of this film was actually going on exorcisms to get kind of experience, but he wasn't allowed in. So he could only listen at the door. So it was kind of cool to learn that after watching the movie where you could hear, you could kind of experience where she was hearing like this demonic kind of voices and stuff like that, which I imagine is what the director um, experienced, but she wasn't physically in the room and he wasn't physically in the room when the exorcisms were happening. Um, So he goes into Anthony Hopkins and he's like, hi, father. And he's like, father's not here at the moment. And your man's like, okay, I'll play along for a moment. And he's like, okay. And he's like, come in, let's talk. And young priest is like, yeah, all right. and he's like father and he goes I told you father's not here and he's like you're here you're like clearly here in front of me and then there's a moment where his arms go behind him and he's like help me God help me and then he comes back to himself and young priest is like oh my god father is that you and he's like tie me up gonna be awful and then Ooh, one like, of those kind of parties yeah it's great and then he's like journalist come in come in and she's like ah, and she won't come in he has to call her a couple of times and then she comes in and then she's like scared in the corner he's like what are you fucking help like what are you doing here and um basically they banish they banish it. the whole thing is that he's had this crisis of faith like he never wanted to be you know he never wanted to be a priest mm-hmm. his um his mother also took her own life that's mentioned very early on in the movie um, um, so he starts to have visions of his mother he goes back to his mom and all this stuff and then the devil is like do you believe in me do you believe in me and he's like i do i do and he's like finally and he goes but because I believe in you I also believe in good and I believe in God and in this moment I accept God and because he accepts God Emer, all is well in the world and the devil and the demon is expelled from Anthony Hopkins and it's great Actually, that is great yeah it's beautiful and then it goes a couple of days later and a young priest has fixed Anthony Hopkins uh, motorbike 
for him while he was, you know, snoozing off the whole demonic, uh, demonic uh, exorcism type jazz. Because I imagine you would be jaded. And he tired, fixed, yeah. You'd be tired, like it would take you it, it out of you. So then he fixes up his bike. Then there's like a whole, oh, it looks like it did when it got here. This is great. And then he's like, it was really hard in the beginning because he kind of remind me of myself. He's all like, okay, cool. And um, then he turns around and he's like, I hope you find yourself, whatever you do. And he's like, cool. And he keeps using these words because he used them once before. And uh, Anthony got annoyed with him because he was like, priest don't say cool. And a uh, young priest is like, yeah, but I'm not a regular priest. I'm a cool priest. <laughs> you know so then he goes back to America and he's home and um he gets a letter from journalist and it's her like you know expose of an exorcist and she's like I miss you and then he's all like oh imagine the life I could have had with my sexy journalist in Rome and then he kisses his like neck thing that's purple and he goes into confession and this woman's like forgive me father for I have sinned and it's gorge so one piece of trivia for you Mm -hmm. I think you will absolutely love is that in the trailer for this movie um the featured music was uh from the score of Bram Stoker's Dracula Oh, okay. Yeah. And the film actually kind of like goes off, you know, when the music starts to a melodic, slowed down version of what I like to think is happy in the presence of the Lord. We come into Jesus. Um, so that made me happy. Yes, I can see how that would make you very happy. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if it was definitely that song, but it was definitely a song off the Alive Ode to Soundtrack. What? That is now. Yeah. So that was my first movie, The Right. Great movie. Right. Not terrifying by any means, unless you're terrified by demonic possession, then it will scare the bejesus out of you. It sounds familiar enough that I think I saw that at some stage in my life. You're 100% have. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you definitely have. I don't know if people in Drogheda who like her, I'm pretty sure the fact that your man's from Drogheda, it's Anthony Hopkins. Can go. I, I definitely think you've seen it. Oh, yeah, probably. probably. Like it's not my first time watching it. Oh, okay. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely one for you. So... Uh, are we gonna do where we flip one to the other? Because I was like, yeah, I was just gonna say, bring us on a wild ride of one of your movies. Yeah, yeah, right. Okay, so as it's coming up to Easter, by the time this gets released, I had also decided while we we're at it, I was looking up different topics, whilst we we're looking at religion and horror and all that, and I was like, you know what? We haven't looked at Easter as a potential horror time of year, which it's not really it's not really a holiday it's like okay but as much as Christmas isn't a time for demons but there are so many I know we've got Krampus and I know there's folklore about it and there's no real folklore about Easter time with murderous killer bunnies unless there's that giant gray hair that was in my dream then we're at something different but um like Easter is the holiday that reflects the end of winter and beginning of spring where everything that was once dead suddenly springs to life and we had our own Mr. JC himself come back to life 
on Easter. So I saw a great meme where it was like if Jesus had a girlfriend and it was him outside like the tomb and this girl beside him. And it was like, I just think it's funny how you go out with your friends and then come back three days later and pretend to have died. That is just me the day after my wedding. Yeah, that is you the day after your wedding. <laughs> I'm still waiting to be risen from the dead. Um, yeah, so Easter time, it's it's relatively neglected holiday in the horror genre, or so, or so I thought. There are plenty of Easter horror movies. Um, obviously, you've got like your, your general times of the year where horror movies seem more like as if they should be happening, like Halloween, Black Christmas, all that sort of stuff. Um, you know, because you even do have, like like I said, Jesus coming back from the dead, zombie-like nature, Jesus, whatever. But it can be a bit blasphemous, so there's not really... I don't think I've ever come across a zombie Jesus film. Oh, I'd say there has to be some. There has to be. I haven't looked far enough into that area. I got stuck around the bunny rabbit phase of Easter horror movies, but I didn't look up. I have one fantastic Jesus film, which I will discuss later on, but uh, there was only of the one. But then again, like Harmony and Jesus, as we mentioned earlier, you've got the passion in the Christ. Um, yeah, just woof. Um, so I found out when I was looking up, yeah, actually, this is actually really interesting. So I found when I was looking into why some films might be based around Easter time and, and horror movies, um, there was films, there was a, a whole spate of films in America made in the 70s and the 80s. It seems to be rooted in an urban legend of the Bunny Man that researchers say is based on two documented incidents in Fairfax County, Virginia, over the course of 11 days in October 1970. In the first on October 19th, a couple say that they'd been pulled off the road when a man in a strange white suit, the man says the stranger had bunny ears while the woman said he didn't, um, this person walked up to their car, smashed their windshield with a hatchet and told them that they were on private property. In the second incident on October 29th, another man said he was threatened by a short man wearing a bunny suit and holding an axe who again threatened to kill him if he didn't get off this property. So basically, yeah, that's terrifying. Yes, yes. Can you imagine not just like someone coming up saying, get off my property, but also in a fucking bunny suit. Yeah, I don't like that either. No, no, and I never heard of this before. So, based solely on these two incidents, rumors started spreading about the sinister bunny man who was stopped in the Maryland and Washington, D.C. area, leading to about 50 more reports of bunny man sightings around the same time, none of which were verified. Perhaps the reason why Harmony the Bed Easter exists is the fact that it's truly horrifying to think that the Easter bunny, who can bring you candy and promises of warm weather ahead, is a malevolent creature who wants to disempower you. Um, yeah, so as I said, I was looking up many in our still of the different types of Easter harmonies that there were, and there were a few. There's actually a trilogy relating around the bunny man, where it's like I don't know whether if the first one is like a monster mixed with like gets bitten by a radioactive bunny or something like that, and then goes off killing people. But like I said, it spawned three films. That's crazy. Yeah, then you've got like, there's a film called, I think it's Leprous or Lepers, and it's about nothing to do with Easter, but just killer bunny rabbits. Um, to me, I think the only killer bunny rabbit should be in um, Monty Python's Holy Grail, where you have a bunny rabbit who just slaughters half an army. 
brilliant anyway um yeah there was one i really wanted to get a hold of which was uh easter casket and um it's basically like this puppet that's a bunny rabbit and just the pictures of malone he looks demented but he is really pissed off because they're taking away the religious aspects out of easter so he goes on this murderous rampage trying to bring religion back into easter and sadly none of these films I could get to watch um they were very hard to find um so youtube is normally like my place to go to for weird cheap films now when i was trying to look up easter casket i came across this film called cottontail now peter cottontail seems to be a name thrown around a lot for like the human version of the easter bunny okay um, and there were actually there was another horror movie out of 2007 called Cottontail, but that was Cottontail with a K. This is Cottontail with a C. And this is actually, if I go, this is actually, I couldn't find it on IMDb. I couldn't Google it. I got one of the actors' names at the very end, open up their IMDb page and find this film called Cottontail. So um, it's basically, the long and short of it, it's a notorious serial killer known as Cottontail, faces a slew of personal issues as he falls in love with the girl of his dreams, all while trying to put together his ultimate Easter egg hunt. Um, so this was made in 2017. It's got a 3.9 out of 10, which I think is generous. Um, it, yeah, it's it's basically a part of this, this company, like production company. Um, my gosh, I don't even know what it was. It's like the Loon or the Looniverse because the director for this had done other films and they're all pretty bad. Like when I look up on the IMDb page, the estimated budget for this film was $500. Mm -hmm. I don't know where they spent it on possibly bunny masks because it wasn't on actors. Yeah, um, so yeah, good luck to anyone trying to find it. I couldn't even, Google had nothing on this. And <laughs> it's only an hour and 20 minutes long but I spent the first I'd say 30 40 minutes desperately trying to find another film to watch <laughs> but when I realized that there was nothing I have to say the guy playing uh Cottontail he's got charisma he's he like he's narrating over the whole thing and um he's the only one who seems to be comfortable enough to speak in front of the camera as the rest of them like Phew. They're bad. Okay. Really bad. So as I said, it's about this Easter egg hunt. But the hunt is people. And so basically we're coming along. It's it's one of those ones where it's really hard to feel where we're at, what's going on. So an Easter egg hunt has already happened. We saw that people were getting, or like two detectives are talking. And they're discussing what happened last year. How they're being told by the captain and the mayor to not discuss this anymore. They never found the killer and his crony so they're like told to drop it like they're talking in a car park <laughs> about a case and I'm like why can't you be in an office or anything it's the location you can't talk about it Emer. it's obviously like they couldn't afford to rent it so all of this is filmed in public spots <laughs> or someone's house it's oh Jesus Christ um so, yeah, um, one of the detectives has an informant called HIV Vinny. And yeah, 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 yeah. She told one of the cops that, like, she's going to go down tomorrow because it was coming up to Easter. They don't know where and they don't know what. And then we see Cottontail and his followers called the Honey Bunnies. 
and basically they are just killing people with like plastic guns and it's like the you can tell the like <clears throat> air quotes post-production of the the fire from the guns coming out and people just dropping uh, all over the place and blood coming out much later um, but it's like they tag the people with like these color powder and then they shoot them but some people when they're being hit by these powder balls they act like as if they've been like hit with a grenade it's like the actors didn't know again I use actors real loosely these look like as if they're just mates of the guy who wanted to direct this um, possibly yeah so that was say like this is what we were seeing was technically the second year the second annual Easter hunt then we have, as I said, the only thing that made this barely watchable was Cottontail himself. So he narrates his life and he's always wearing a bunny mask. He has different variations of it, but he always wears a bunny mask. And he tells us about his, he's in the preparation for the third hunt. He's, he's actually really muscly and he's like working out. And he's like, I got to be in shape, even though they're, they're hunting people with guns. So I'm like, you don't need to be in amazing shape, really. Uh, when you're I think you need to run. Yeah, but you don't see them running at all. Like they mow down people, like they say they give them a 10 second head start, but they were so close to them. I'm like, no, you did not. Um, so he talks about he had a lost love of someone who he loved so much. He even let her know about his rabbit side. Like he calls being a human wearing a meat suit and his he's got an inner bunny and he feels more comfortable being a bunny. Um and he said that the first hunt occurred when his relationship broke down. So, you know, read into that as you want to. And Cottontail then meets with a criminal gang in a bar. Um, and they're discussing like the third hunt. This criminal gang has given him the location for a new hunt and also like players. The players, it turns out, are people that they kidnap. And then they, the next day. So it's got like vibes of not Hunger Games per se or or um, Battle Royale. It's kind of giving me like the Purge vibes as well. I'm going to tell you, Grace, the opening for the hunt is the Purge klaxon. <laughs> I mean, it is taken right from it. You're just okay. waiting for her to go, the Purge has started. Yeah. The, the annual Easter hunt has started. Yeah. All violence is acceptable during this hunt. Um, so yeah, they have the location, they have a new location, they have, he's been given some new players, so they were kind of like in with him with this, but Cottontail seems to take a fancy to one of the waitresses. Okay. Um, yeah, and he's wearing a fucking god-awful black wig. Turns out, they're making everyone look slightly different, because as I found out after this, was, I was desperately trying to find any information about this film. That, as I said, is a part of this Lunaverse made by a director and this production company, and so it's like one actress was in this other film and maybe like to reuse the actor and actresses, they just make them look slightly different so that you couldn't mix them up with the char- different characters they played in a different film. Okay. And like this girl played, I think, her older sister in a different film and how Cottontail got his house was to do with some people who were in, again, they kept showing bits of an equally shitty film and I didn't know whether they were meant to be shitty flashbacks or if this was a part of other shitty films. I felt like if I'd stumbled into like a sequel, but this film is a spin-off of other films. Okay. So again, I would not in my whole watch any of the rest of them. Um, but yeah, so he takes a fancy. And I think actually judging by their surnames are the same. I'm hoping that they're husband and wife and not brother and sister. Okay. Yeah. Um, 
So then this waitress starts getting hassled by the manager who like may or may not have been her boyfriend, but Conte's like, yo, do you do that to her often? And then they're like, yeah, I think so. I don't know. Like the, the dialogue is awful. Um, but there's a woman who was like listening in on this whole conversation and she's a mole for one of the detectives. And she's like outside going, oh, I saw Cottontail. Something's going to go down and he's in with this gang now. I couldn't get much more information. We also seem to like this waitress and spun off her name. She wants to hear the one's first and last name. And then she, she's like, I don't know what she has to do with the gang, but I'm not getting close to anyone. And then one of the gang members comes up and is like, will you talk with me, bitch? And takes her. And I'm like, where did she come from? <laughs> oh, I is she, where is she gone? Why was she there? I just that. <laughs> so then Cottontail is back in his house and he's all like, oh, I, I mean, like, I know I should be thinking about the hunt, but I can't help but think about Carmela. And I really like her. And I haven't felt this way since, you know, the last girlfriend. And, uh, and he goes, and that says something because I don't normally like humans. So I'm like hoping he doesn't have any lustful thoughts towards bunny rabbits now at this stage. But uh, he's like, oh, I've done all my prep. I'm ahead of schedule so I can spend time and try and find this girl. Because he was asking her out on a date, but she was like, oh, I'm busy. I've got this, that and the other. And um, well, he goes back to the club where he had the meeting and she's got now like a really shitty black eye. Like imagine you just put purple eyeshadow mixed with a bit of black eyeshadow around your eye that's now a bruise like they didn't there are better ways to like fake a shiner yes they they did they did not like youtube a class that had to do this and she's got a black eye he's like i can drive you home and then he's like i'm gonna kill that guy for what he did to you and she's like oh don't you know i would have done something like that too turns out i'm a killer too he would have been my fourth victim so they fucking love each other because they're both killers and she knows he's a killer he's fancied him from afar in the bar and yeah um so cottontail after he drives her home he's like i'm smitten so he rings up the gang he's like your bar is about to lose a manager and so they kidnap the bartender who's all like is this stuff for some bitch and some c word and all this sort of stuff and i'm like language plus if they're so, if they're protecting the waitress stop calling her names <laughs> yeah it's just anyway um yeah so it's the next day and cottontail is having a date with carmela and he's totally happy he's like i've got a gift for you and it's the tied up um ex-boyfriend or whatever and so he's like this is all yours and she's like thanks baby and she stabs him in the dick and she's like I'm gonna let you bleed out and then they go make out in a field because again this is all in public locations and, yep then we go back to the two detectives and it was male and female detectives and the male detectives called Rhodes and he's like I got a message from my mole and then I got cut out. I think she's in trouble. I'm going to go to Angel City where I think shit's going to go down where all like the worst gangs are. So they, that's where they reckon that the hunt's going to happen. He's like, I'm going to go alone and try and infiltrate this. And he was like, we can never be partners if you don't let me in. And he's like, I need you here in case something happens here. Like he's basically murdering himself. Um, so then we have it where it's people being kidnapped and forced to play um oh yeah so basically in the hunt you're taken 
after you die because no one has survived the hunt basically you see it in like the start of the film he takes up all the flesh off his skull paints it like a nice pastel color and puts it in a bag with other easter eggs back on the family's doorstep of the victims cute yeah um, i know so detective rose is interviewing people at the bar to try and find camilla but he finds out that she hasn't been back at the bar so he he knows her place so he goes to stake out her place and so it's then it's easter sunday and he finds her one is about to leave the apartment obviously about to go on her version of the hunt and he yells her a good point and he's like i want to meet cottontail and she's like fine bitch and um, so the next scene is the start of the hunt as the players are you know they're coming to you they were all knocked unconscious from the night before they focus in on one woman in particular who i can only imagine was in one of the other films mm-hmm. because she's like oh no I know exactly what this is you guys were all wearing bunny masks and whatever the fuck and then there's like this tape recorder and a place and so it's like fucking saw where it's like I'm here to play a game a hunt um so he's explaining what the rules are it's like hide and seek the honey bunnies are it and so they're chasing the people and if they get tagged, then it means they're going to get shot. And whoever survives this, you know, there's a, a prize at, at the base point, but no one has survived it so far. So again, Claxon, just like for the purge, goes off and then they, they just start mowing down the people. And again, shit quality for like the guns. And they may as well just be going pew, 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 pew. No, I got you. No, you're dead. No, just get the right because that would have been funnier. Kind of would have been quite funny, though. It would have, yeah. So then we have Cottontail is about to kill the last pair, who happens to be the woman who they zoned in on at the start. And uh, then we have Detective Rhodes come in, and he's like, bitch, I got Carmella. And he's like, yeah, well, screw you two, man. I've got your mole. Let's just do a nice swap careful as she goes no one's going to get trigger happy because obviously he wants Carmela back in one piece so they do the swap and then they're all like psych and then they all shoot um the mole and detective Rhodes. and you're like didn't you not think that that was going to happen when you have more people with guns on one side and it's just you alone with the your your informant ah, so anyway so they're all dead and um, so anyway they're dead they're dead boohoo Whilst all this happened, actually, that woman managed to get to base and she found this badge. There was this card, his news card, going, congratulations, you survived the hunt. This whatever's in the bag is yours. Sign Cottontail. Have a happy Easter. And she opens it up. You don't know what it is. I suspected money because she seemed happy. She wasn't disgusted like it wasn't other people's heads. Yeah. Um, so then Cottontail and his honey bunny celebrate the end of a successful hunt. And... <laughs> It ends with he's like, now let me try and get this breakfast club fist punch done just right. And it's literally just, it's the same as that. Yeah. And I, I laughed. I have to say, I laughed at that. Like, I'm kind of like, he kept the film going because the rest of the acting was so bad. And I mean, so, so bad. I would have been embarrassed if Chris had come down for this. I told him not to because I couldn't handle the shame of seeing me watch this. Um, this would have been the one that Chris is like this is why I can't watch horror with you anymore yeah, this 
I'm fucking done because I was done. I tried to get out of watching this film a couple of times, but I realized there were no other Easter films for me to watch that were like to do a bunny rabbit, unless I was going to have to like buy them off YouTube. And I was a bit like, this was for a laugh. I don't want to be spending like a lot of money buying or renting like obscure films. Yeah, I get that. Because I, I was like, they're going to be shit no matter what way you shake it. So I was like, uh, yeah. Again, this is a part of a Luniverse of films. And fair play to them for like with their ideas, but they are shit and they really could do it working on a lot of stuff. If, the, if those guys are like, if their mates just doing it, have at it. You're having a bit of crack. Your films are on YouTube. And people are what people are watching them. Um, and uh, if you guys think that you're serious about this, then uh, go take some acting classes. <laughs> Say how you really feel, Emer. I mean, Grace, it I mean, you're more than welcome. When I even like tried to find Cottontail on YouTube, it wasn't even there. It was because I was looking for something else. Yeah. It's like one of those, like an urban legend of a film that you find when you're not meant to look for. It. And I'm surprised I didn't get a phone call at the end of it. I was just about to say you're waiting for the phone call. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I'd take that over. That would be a jump scare or something, you know? So, so please rescue that chat with a better film. Pardon? Please rescue that, uh, what I had just said, so that we don't lose listeners and like give us a better film. Well, my next film, um, I kept it semi-local again, although not really. Um, but Colin Meany's in it. So, you know, he can't go it. wrong. Can't go wrong. Um, it is called Where the Devil Hides. I found this on uh, I found this in a secondhand shop. And um the reason I bought it was solely for the fact that the tagline of this movie is forgive me father for I am sin and I was like yes this is also called the devil's hand so it's basically uh, centered around six girls who were born on the sixth day of the sixth month Emma there's a prophecy that um, on their 18th birthday, one will survive and they will become the devil, the devil's hand on earth. Um, now, when you start off this, you would be uh, forgiven for thinking we're in the witch kind of era. Okay, yeah. But no, we're just in like a weirdly religious kind of culty cult in normal times. Oh. So imagine cult movie with kind of like like yeah weirdly religious kind of cult part Colin Meany I know what you did last summer vampire diaries kind of vibes mm-hmm. um and like a couple of like actresses who have been in a few like horror movies where you'd go I know her and one of them was from uh, Sorority Row. One of them is from The Purge. The other one is definitely from other stuff because I remember looking her up and seeing the other movies that she's in, but I can't figure out what the movie I, what I saw her in was. <laughs> um, so it's actually really good. It starts off um, 
with like it's really good if you know what you're going into like take it where the tagline is forgive me father for I am sin do you know you know that's the movie you're going into so it starts off and um, these six girls are being born they're like one after another and they're like it's another girl oh it's another girl and they're like it's a prophecy and Colomini is all like we need to kill them like <laughs> if we kill them now they they can't kill us it's fine and True. yeah do you know like he, he's got a bit of truth in it Mm-hmm. Um and the the father of one of them, our our main protagonist, I suppose, our main girl, um, he's like, absolutely not. Let's not kill these babies. Um, and it's a fucking fairy tale. Like they're not going to grow up and become the devil. So it then moves on to the um the next scene where there's five girls oh sorry when they're like all sitting there so all these women have given birth in this like attic room like on normal beds um six of them in a row <laughs> lying down with all their babies and one of them is kind of looking down at her baby and she's like oh go to sleep <laughs> don't kill me and then she's like I'm really sorry so then she suffocates her baby and yeah, one of the women is like, what the fuck are you at? And she's like, well, like, if there's not six of them. Yeah. Can't she, gets a, she gets a pair of scissors. She shanks it into her neck. So they're both dead. Okay. So it starts off strong. Um, then we uh, kind of go to the next scene and it's the five girls and it's a couple of days before their 18th birthday. There's one who's kind of like, we should not be here. It's too close to the real world. And they're all like, it's all right. Don't worry. Sure. We're just swimming. It's grand. <laughs> and then uh, they come out of the water because, you know, town boys are coming. And uh, one of them falls back and starts to have fits. And she's like, oh, and a town boy comes and he helps her and he gets her back out of her fit. And one of the other girls who's like, you know, the like promiscuous religious girl is like standing beside a boy kind of looking at him. And the like really kind of zealous girl is like, Mary, what are you doing? She's all like, eh, what scandal. <laughs> they're walking away from the river and they're like one's all like we should not have gone to the river there were boys and they were naked now they weren't um and then they're one of the girls is like I'm gonna head I need to go home see us later we need to decide what we want to do for our birthday um one of them's like why don't we just have some animals and like go to the zoo and they're like yeah okay because we're 18 not eight and then another one gives the idea of a really long table for dinner with candles and I was like that sounds cool um so the one of the girls goes off so now we have the final we have the four and they're chatting away and they're kind of like okay excuse me I just yawned (laughs) mid-sentence um they're like okay we'll talk to you later and then they're like we'll talk to you about your first kiss and the girl is like what are you talking about and it's like you had the lips of a man on you because of cpr and you were dying (laughs) and you're like oh closed off religions are great (laughs) so the girl who went off on her own um 
no surprise here. Um, she's the first one to be killed. Um, so like this cloaked kind of person comes with like almost like the sickle. So it's very like, I know what you did last summer. It's like this big like hood. It's like, you know, the hook and everything. Like so like it. It's crazy. I was like, this is bananas. So the next day at church, they're like, sister, what's her face? Didn't come back. And the girls are like, oh, no. And um, they kind of like the head guy comes in, which is Colin Meany. And he's like, she has not come back, um, but we will look for her. And she's like, I don't need to talk out of turn, but we were with her yesterday and she would have said something if she was going to run off. And he's like, yes, you were at the watering hole. And they're all like, scandal, you dirty sluts. Um, so they turn around, they're like, we need to go and try and find her. The, the, the dad of this, the main girl has like remarried because her mother has died. And the, the new mom is uh, Jennifer Carpenter. You definitely recognize her and she hates it's the whole Cinderella thing. Like she she hates the exorcism of Emily yes. Rose. Yeah. Yeah. So and she has a real face that you know would scowl you to death. Yeah. And she hates this girl and she's like, oh for God's sake. And she's like, you shouldn't have been at that water and hole. And she's like, yeah, well, I was. So then, oh my God, I don't know what's wrong with me. So she turns out and she's like, we need to go look for my friend and your one's like absolutely not like she's after running away and she's like it's my friend and the father's like okay you can go and your one's like why are you letting her go like so they go the girl who was kind of like the promiscuous one who literally her promiscuity was looking at a lad is like we should go and look for her and they're like okay and she's like we're not going towards the town we're going towards this barn and there's this big party going on and she takes off her like smock dress and she has like these normal clothes underneath and I'm like how did she get them like where did she get them and the other girls are like what are you doing and she's like look she's run away before maybe she'll be here and they're kind of like yeah she's it's kind of a fair point and you're one who's like super religious. It's like, we shouldn't be doing this. And at this point, I was like, oh, it's definitely her killing everyone. Definitely her. Because I was like, it's not going to be Colin Meany because mm. he's on the cover. And it, like, he's the, he's, he's Professor Snape. Do you know that kind of way? Oh, I yeah. don't think that he's the guy who's going to be killing everybody, but he's actually the good guy. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was like, oh, it's definitely her. Definitely her. And uh, they go, they try and find, um, try and find her and uh, they can't. She finds the guy who gave her CPR. They have a bit of a smooch. Then the promiscuous girl finds the other guy that she was kind of like longingly looking, looking at. And they're both killed in, I know what you did last summer style as well. Ooh. Then it goes on. So out of five, there's now three left. Um, so they're talking about the fact that one of the other girls has gone missing. A few other things happen in between. Um, your man kind of comes, like the young guy comes to the church and he's like, Look, my friend has gone missing as well. You need to talk to the sheriff. Then Colomini's all like, you don't need to talk to this young child, blah, blah, blah. And um, 
it just all gets really weird and she they don't know anything of the fact that they're like these six girls and there's this prophecy around them they just know that everybody kind of whispers about them when they go by which is like weird in itself it's like why has nobody asked like why are we these like weirdly famous people for no reason so she asks her dad she's like what's the crack and Colomini kind of alludes to the fact that her mother actually isn't dead she was just shunned and she's like what the fuck like my mom is still alive and he's like look when you're shunned like it's like you're dead I'll be dead oh god so and she's like what like what the fuck and then um they say they find out the, the other girl is missing and uh, Colomini's all like, you know, she was a harlot. And um, the policeman is like, please talk to me. You need to talk to me. Like the guy who's gone missing is like a son of mine as well. And the main girl is like, no, I can't. I can't. And then the kind of other one of the other girls uh, runs out and she's like, he killed them all. He killed them all. He's a liar. He's a liar. So she gets shunned and they're literally like, shun the non-believer, shun. Yeah, and everybody yeah. like turns away from her and it's all, it's all very dramatic. But of course the main girl is like, she's my bestie. She's a real cool girl. So they like hang out and they, you know, end up going to the sheriff's son's house uh, with the sheriff's son. Yeah, yeah, I said that right. So they go to his house. They end up sleeping together, and I was like, "This is a real escalation." Like it's like it just it just was weird the way it happened. Um. So the sheriff comes back, and he's like, "Oh, you shouldn't have let them stay here. Like they're part of an investigation." He's like, "Well, I didn't know what to do." So then they decide they need to run back to their community, and they go back, and your run is like, "Look." you know we have our family here they'll totally take us in your one's like I'm shunned like nobody will take me in she's like it'll be fine be grand so they go back to uh, the main girl's house and the father is like look they can stay here of course and the your one is like no they fucking can't and he's like well then leave and don't tell anyone and she's like whatever so then I was like it's definitely her killing everybody it's 100% her so they're told of the whole prophecy and stuff like that. And um, it's this whole thing of like, you know, you girls were the six girls who were born. And she's like, but there were only five of us, father. And he's like, no, actually one of them was killed straight away. And, um, you know, so sad, too bad. And um, then they have to run away. They go to her mother's house. And they meet the mom and the mom is like, oh, I've been watching you from afar. Colomini comes and is all like, meh. And then, sorry, that's when they go back to the community. And oh. so they have to run away as well because, you know, everyone's looking for them. They go to um, the barn where Colomini is and they cover themselves in hay. And then the body of the young boy is found and they're like, meh. And then he's like, Susan, I can see you. The eye of God can see you. Now, before they ran away, there was this weird thing where they were like coming up to their 18th birthday. So the three girls who have survived to this stage are now going to be checked for their fucking virtue. Um, And it's all gross. And he's like, take your dress off. And she takes off the top and he's like, take it all off. And then he's like, turn around. And like, they don't show anything, but you know, it's just. It's implied, yeah. Yeah. 
so then I go, yeah, then he comes to the, the main hall and he's like, uh, what are you doing here? And the evil stepmother is like, myself and I don't know what his name is, Zachariah have fought. And he's like, I don't care about your marriage right now. I need to find your devil bitch. And he's uh, she's all like, I don't know where she is. And he's like, yeah, you do. And she's like, right, okay, if he has her, this is where he'd go. So they try to kill her because they're like, she's the last one because the other girls have now been killed, right? In a whole like I know what she did last summer thing mm-hmm. and the thing is as well if your parents sacrifice themselves it would they would kind of appease the gods even though like a couple of the parents have sacrificed themselves so far and still the girls are dead um so they try and kill her anyway but the sheriff comes um because the son is like look something really bad is happening over there the sheriff comes she's brought to the hospital it's like a couple of minutes until 12 and she turns around to the sheriff and she's like look please please just kill me because in a couple of minutes I'll be taken over by the devil and he's like you fucking won't like you're a grand calm yeah. And then the mom comes in. He's like, oh, yeah, you, there's somebody here. The mom comes in and she's like, look, you're okay. Don't worry. And she's like, okay. And he, she's like, soon you'll know, like, all of the teachings. Like, and she turns around, she goes, they always said that the, la- the last animal would be the strongest out of them. And she was like, you have fits. Like, it can't be you. It was never going to be you. So I was like, okay, so this is proof that the prophecy is just bullshit. And then she says, so I made it you. So she basically made a deal with the devil. And it was the mom the whole time. And then she's like, you have a visitor. And the young lad comes in. And he had said something about him being stupid earlier. And she was like, why do you keep calling yourself that? And he's like, well, when you heard it enough times, you start believing. And she's like, you're so not stupid. And then it's like they have a kiss, stroke of midnight. And she goes, you kind of are stupid. And he's like, why? And then she breaks his neck and goes back to the commune. She has her robe on. It's all bananas. There's fucking blood everywhere. It's like... um, needy in um jennifer's body she's all like looking at the ground and walking and blah and then she like chops up everybody she's blood everywhere then she walks up to colomini she gives him a glass of water and he's all like oh god so you're kind of like oh my god he was totally right the whole time (laughs) he was a dick but he was right oh uh, uh, yeah and then her eyes are really black and then she bends down to his ear and she goes it's time for your checkup and I was like boom yes yeah yes take off your dress bitch yeah I was like oh my god this is like that time we watched the the animated zombie movie and like she yeah yeah I was like yes redemption I was like I'm I'm on the side of the devil here let's go yeah it happens from time to time yeah so very much like it was really weird because it was like it was definitely like a teen slasher with a religious kind of yeah totally rando i i enjoyed it immensely 
Well, I'm glad you did. Yeah. And nobody needs to watch it now. Yeah. Well, look, I mean, you've done it for us. You've yeah. done it. Yeah. I, I hope I have painted a beautiful, beautiful word picture. You did. You did. Um, I am going to take you on a roller coaster. Roller coaster. Hello. This beauty of a film, I came across it on the list. It was made in 2012. I wish I was like 10 years ago. It still is perfectly aged now. It's Fist of Jesus. Oh, you can watch it on YouTube. It's a Spanish. I know, I know, I know. After everything we've just been discussing, Fist <laughs> of Jesus sounds like it's a different kind of film. Um, it was a 15-minute short film. As I said, it was made in Spain. And um, it's just a thing. It's a fucking work of art. Um, so according to... The, I'm just going to read a quick synopsis of it. And like I said, I will be probably saying everything that happens in it because it's only 15 minutes. You can't help but just discuss everything that happens in it. Yeah. Totally look it up on YouTube. It has its own Facebook page. So like, nothing's been put on it because it got made years ago. At the time, there would have been merch for a T-shirt and I regret not being able to get one because it's done. I'm going to actually, whilst we're talking, I'm going to send on Grace a picture of what um, the movie poster is like just so that you can get an idea because it's just so bloody brilliant. But anyway, so this is about, um, according to the Bible, not long before his own Easter time crucifixion and subsequent resurrection, Jesus brought a dude called Lazarus back from the dead. That's the starting point for co-directors Adrian Cardona and David Munoz's short Spanish horror, Fist of Jesus. But the film departs starkly from biblical canon when old Lazarus comes back as a flesh-hungry zombie and starts munching and infecting those around him. After initially screaming like a wuss and running away, Jesus and his BFF Judas, yes, Judas, a horde of the undead using JC's fish multiplying skills to conjure up swordfish and piranhas to use as deadly projectile weapons to take down Pharisee zombies, Roman zombies, and for the absolute crack, they also threw in cowboy zombies. Um, I've never been so excited by a poster. I know. <laughs> it is amazing. Put it up on the Instagram. Oh, I will. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I can't. I cannot endorse this film enough. Um, and I'm so glad I decided to go down the Easter ha, rabbit hole of films. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. You're um, very funny. <laughs> <laughs> like of watching that god awful bollocks cottontail because it got me to watching this. I don't think I, there wouldn't have been anything I ever would have come across. Like we did an episode on short films and of course we were looking at like proper horror ones this is more like this is definitely comedy horror um but basically um as they're like jesus is it, the film opens he's speaking to his congregation as i said this is in spanish with subtitles but you catch along to it um and then someone comes up and he's like oh no lazarus died and he's like don't worry i'm gonna go bring him back to life you'll see he's just sleeping like because i you know by the time i bring him back and that man was like no he's been dead a couple of days like don't worry don't worry don't worry I got this time. So he comes back, he brings them back to life. He's like, oh God, it's America's brilliant. And then like that, Lazarus just starts biting people. And it's a melee of just people going, ah, with the biggest scream. You 
the camera spans around it's coming from Jesus and he's just screaming like a little girl and then he just turns around to Judas and he's like fuck it let's go and they run out and he even throws like because obviously it was um there was a time where Roman soldiers were in the area so Romans are there they try to fight off the zombies they get killed and I mean this gore-tastic there's there's blood there's arms being chopped off like bitten off it's 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 kind of like evil dead version of funny gore okay and then there's like a scene when jesus is like saying to jesus if we just stick together we can like he'd already push like an older woman into the zombie so he could run away like jesus is not the hero in this so far and he's like we can we can get out of this we'll be fine if we stick together and he's like because judas was like if I didn't follow you and go around the mountains trying to convert people, if I had just gotten married to Elena back in the village, I'd be fine. <laughs> Jesus, there's a lot of Judas like, oh, you had to be center of attention. You had to um, create a miracle. And Jesus was like, well, was the first time I did it. Naturally, something was going to go wrong. <laughs> and then he turns around when he's trying to talk to Judas and he's like, we can get out of this. We just need to escape. Like, he's not looking to help anyone. At this stage, she just wants to leave. He yeah. turns around, Judas is gone. And poor Al Judas has hung himself. Poor and he's like, he's like, no, had we stuck together, we could have gotten out of this. And then he goes, hang on, I'll bring Judas back to life, but I was going to do this right and I'll bring him back to life. And he, he holds on to his feet and he brings him back to life and he turns around and goes, I did it, look at me now, I did it, I brought him back into life and they're not a zombie, I truly am the son of God. Whilst he's talking about this, Judas dies again because he brought him back to life whilst he was hanging. So Jesus really hangs. Oh God. Because Jesus turns around and he's like, all right, Judas, Judas, Judas. And then you just see the next scene when he's bringing Judas back to life. He's doing where they're out in the field, lying down. He's not hanging from a tree. And then he's like, I saved us. And then just as they're about to leave, there is the zombies in this can talk to him, but it's the cowboy zombies. Like they have guns, like they're proper like cowboy style even though this is Jesus's time and uh, they're like what are you gonna do you can't escape us there's the local zombies there's the Roman zombies and then there's cowboy zombies and uh, Jesus is like what have you got on you as a weapon and Jesus just turns around and like I've got a fish and so he's like loaves and fishes baby he turns to fish he just starts he multiplies and he goes from one to two two to four He's got two fish in each hand and he just starts throwing them at the zombies and they're like impaling them, killing them, but using them like baseball bats. He gives Judas his giant swordfish so he can like impale zombies. And then like Jesus turns a fish into a piranha, throws the piranha on the zombie. <laughs> it's just I feel like this is the best film ever. It is because it's just 15 minutes, it's just pure go. It's just my faith. It also feels like so much has happened in 15 minutes. So much is happening. And then it's like, then Judas, uh, Jesus gets a fish out from kind of like a mountain of dead people. And yet the skin comes off the fish and you've just got the skeleton. So it's the picture I showed you where he's got like, it's like a sword. He kind of uses it like a chainsaw as well, where he's cutting through people. Heads are coming off, faces, arms, limbs, everything. <laughs> and in the middle of all this, there's this poor leper. He looks like a zombie. And he's like, anyone got arms for the leper? Poor sick leper. Jesus just decapitates him. Just like he just sees another one he thinks is a zombie. It was just so funny. Like, oh, and my bad. 
<laughs> but he doesn't even notice that it was a it was a non-zombie. He's just like, boom, you're dead. Ha. And then you can just see halfway through this, Judas is like, he's he is so upset. He's like, oh my God, I can't believe we have to kill. Like there's such carnage. I can't believe we have to kill people. But you can hear like Jesus has like a battle cry about him. He's covered in blood. He's loving it. He's like, this is brilliant. You can, you can tell like he's in his element. So they, and then it's like the last two zombies are making a run towards Jesus. Well, he grabs up a crucifix that some poor skeleton was crucified on and he brains one of them. And then he like crushes the other zombie with the crucifix, which I just thought was a nice touch considering how life ends up for LJC. Um, and then Judas comes up to him and he's like, oh my God, after all that, we didn't get to evangelize any of them. And then Jesus just, you know, with his hands, uh, palms up to the sky, you know, proper Jesus size. He says, um, but Sherlock, didn't we not send a great number of souls to the kingdom of heaven? And then boom, that's the end of the film. And then just as it goes through the credits is like, Jesus and Judas were returning once upon a time in Jerusalem, the movie. And I so far there, I don't know whether they're like crowdsourcing for, like I said, this was back in 2012. I don't know if they are ever going to do it, but even just if it's like a piss take credits, like, you know, you got like Desperado once upon a time in Mexico, I think. And was that like what they were trying to go through? I have heard nothing but good things on IMDb. Everyone loves it. It's just. Okay. Definitely it, is, it knows exactly what it wants to be. Um. And it has no no problem with it at all. And I have no problem with it. It is the best thing ever. I didn't watch it, but Peter Jackson has a film, one of his earlier crazy films called Brain Dead. And it's not the one that we watched. It's a different one. But apparently yeah. like there's this like karate kick and priest who saves the day. So I don't know if there's elements of that. It's almost kind of Monty Python-y as well in the the tongue-in-cheek style of the historical, you know, life of Brian, this kind of thing. Um, so it's just so much fun. Now, it's very gory. If anyone is a bit icky about it, maybe, like, look away or walk as there are. Like, in the fight scene, it is literally, like, Gorgeous. people be pulled apart. Um, but when you didn't know so many people could be killed in so many different ways from fish. I'm loving that. Yeah. So, so delightful it really was i i'm i'm so happy that i got to watch it it made it all worthwhile um yeah so, so that was that was fist of jesus uh short but sweet and i laughed the whole way through it i actually kind of regretted having to because i had to like pause it so many times so i could write notes on it and um, because so much happens in such a short amount of time that I will definitely rewatch it again just in one go because it was just, it was just, like they didn't waste the scene. And then on their Facebook page, um, I think it was Facebook or Instagram, they had uh, outtakes of something that they should have, and I mean, they really should have kept in it. It was before all this happens. Um, and Jesus is going around with Judas and then they come across this guy and he's been turned blind and he's like, oh, a thief came to me three years ago trying to steal my chickens and he blinded me. He like threw a rock at my head and, you know, made me blind. And he's like, don't worry, sir, I will give you back sight. And so he did it and I can see again. He's, he's hugging all his friends and everyone who's around him and he turns and he comes to look at Jesus to thank him. And then he's like, 
my God, it was you. You were the thief. You blinded me. And he's freaking out. And he's like giving out to Jesus. And Jesus just freaks and pokes him in the eyes and blinds him. And blood's going everywhere. And he's like, ah, oh, you goddamn bastard. You did it to me again. And Jesus just grabs him. He's like, fucking run. And they're running away as this guy's like, you blinded me again. I definitely need to watch this film. It's just, it's so bananas. And for anyone who grew up like heavily because obviously Spanish they are as knee deep into strict Catholicism as the Irish are I think it could only have been someone who grew up in that world who could have made their film and with serious scandal themselves within the church yeah and I think that that's another reason as to why like it just it it resonates maybe so strongly or probably yeah one could watch this and you couldn't help but laugh if you don't laugh i tell you you know you're definitely not into horror or gore and you're you wouldn't see the funny side to it yeah a lot of like strict religious people i would not even recommend this film for because i don't even think they would see the funny side for one second yeah but yeah it was a beaut of a film i love it Mm -hmm. yeah definitely want to watch that i'm glad you saved that one to last so am I. I was just like, <laughs> I was like, breathing more. Just get caught and tail out of the way. And you've got this to Jesus. Don't worry. You've got this to Jesus. I love it. I'm so excited to watch that. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, people, it's 15 minutes. You can have it on whilst you're like munching on your Easter eggs this weekend. Beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah. And spread the good word of Jesus and tell everyone about this film. <laughs> spread the good word of Jesus. Unfortunately, our Instagram page isn't working at the moment. Anytime I try to post, it won't let me. Even when I just tried to post the fists of Jesus, it's not letting me again. Um, So we'll get that up and running again. So just in case anyone noticed our lack of posting or... I was going to say our lack of fisting. Our lack of fisting. Um, (laughs) That that is the reason why we're not currently fisting. Um, But I mean, if you can't put up your fisting on Instagram, what's the point? what is the point but do make sure to give us a follow on instagram for when we inevitably are back up and running and it's because you're home with an underscore in between each word may or may not have fisting videos i'm going to say may not um and if you just fancy listening to us instead you can listen to us on most podcast platforms if you listen to us on apple or spotify or any other podcast platform that offers you a rate or review we would really love if you could do that for us. And if you can't, just as I said, along with spreading the good word of Jesus, tell a friend about our podcast and more people to listen to us, y'all. Yeah. Go in peace. Oh, yeah. Happy peace. Easter. Eat all the chocolate of all kinds. Eat all of the chocolate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're and inclusive about it. that too. Huh? We're inclusive about that too, like we are religions. A hundred percent. Yeah. I'm excited. Oh. Goodbye.